This is your host, Matt Sheeks, and you're listening to the Tritheos Podcast. Today we have on our show professional marathoner Mike Sienko, and we're happy to have him here as our guest. Uh, this is kind of our pilot episode of the Tritheos Podcast, and uh, kind of the purpose of the Tritheos Podcast is to discuss where uh, sport and faith intersect, and so we should have a pretty good show for you today. Um, we're going to be hosting this podcast on www.tritheos.com, T-R-I-T-H-E-O-S, and that's where you'll find this podcast. Uh, just click on the, the podcast tab, um, or if you go under the blog, there should be a new post for each new podcast. So we've got Mike Sienko in the recording studio today. Uh, Mike is currently a retired professional marathoner, and you know every time I mention that to another runner in the area, they get very angry because uh, Mike was pretty fast in his day, and uh, apparently that day has expired. At least, at least currently, he might take a uh, he might take another crack at the marathon scene. But for right now, he's retired and he's earning big fat stacks, doing web development. Um, so we're here to kind of see what kind of insight we can get from Mike and uh, kind of talk about his running career and his and his faith a little bit. Uh, so yeah, so Mike Sienko, so kind of some career highlights I have written down here about him. Um, so he's, a, he's actually a four-time Olympic trials qualifier, which is uh, pretty unbelievable. Um, his 10 KPR is 28-12. And that qualified him for the Olympic trials. His half marathon PR is sixty three thirty nine. Uh, Mike, what is the what's the average mile pace on that for sixty three thirty nine? The the average pace there is four fifty one per mile. Yeah, so that's pretty insane. I mean, I know a lot of uh, high school runners that would be happy to run four fifty one for one mile, much less thirteen point one. Um, so Mike, you kind of consider that half marathon to be a miracle race, uh, when you were talking to me earlier, uh, why do you, why do you call it that? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, it was a pretty magical race. Uh, I've been injured quite a bit in my last two years of running and, I uh, came, uh, in, in June of last year, 2013, um, just off of six weeks of r- total running. Um, and so it was just a big miracle. You know, I didn't even want to sign up for the race. My coach convinced me thinking I could run 64 minutes, and I just laughed at him. I said, there's no way. I shouldn't even sign up for this thing. Not possible. Um, next thing I know, I'm in the race, and I just feel awesome. And I'm just running fast from the get-go. I mean, the first mile was like 4.35 and feeling good and run a huge PR, um, 63.39 off of six weeks of running. That's never happened before. Um, usually takes me a good 16-week build-up to, to, to uh, you know, uh, a PR. And so, you know, given the setback, I, 
I didn't do anything for about six, seven weeks prior to that. Um, it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, so I call it my miracle race. Okay, nice. Um, yeah, that's pretty phenomenal to come off of that little amount of training in that training block. So do you kind of attribute that race to the big base that you'd built up over a number of years or what, what do you give credit uh, to for that performance? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's no other explanation besides my, my base that I've built, um, over the last 13 years, building my aerobic system, um, you know, averaging 80 to 90 miles year in and year out. Um, I think that really carried me over to 2013 and, um, you know, being able to, uh, run that fast and limited training. There's nothing else that I could, that could really explain that. Um, not only was it six weeks of total running, I didn't do specific, any specific half marathon workouts um, before that. And so that really, that was really amazing. Good stuff. So you're kind of saying that not all of us should just sit on the couch and then go out uh, and train for six weeks and expect a 6339. Like that's not necessarily the pattern that we should follow, but it did happen to work out in this case. Right. Yes, uh, this is not something I recommend to anybody or it, it, to expect a PR or a personal best because you probably won't get it. Um, but if you have been training for a high quality, a long period of time, you know sometimes you can get away with uh, a, a few setbacks and still run great. And that's what I've noticed as I get older. Um, I don't need to train as hard, but I need to train smart to be healthy and be get on that start line. And I know I can run just as great as I did when I was 25. So. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of the, once you've gotten to a certain fitness level, the fitness kind of comes back more quickly once you've been there before. Exactly. And yeah. you don't need to, uh, work out necessarily just as hard as you did when you were 25. You, you can get away with a little more. Um, the, the key there is just to stay healthy. The older you get, you just can't work out as hard and it's harder to stay healthy. So, um, the focus there is health. Um, as long as you can stay healthy, you can run great, you know, up until your late thirties. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I'm definitely finding that, uh, you know, I get more, more muscular soreness and I'm a little bit more prone to injury, but you know, I did just... I'm over the hill now. I'm, I'm past 30. Um, I don't think you, you've quite hit that threshold yet, but it does seem like, uh, there's more, I'm in great aerobic shape, but, uh, muscular and muscular fatigue wise, um, stuff can hang around for quite a bit longer. <clears throat> so where before, you know, maybe my muscular fatigue was the, like the limiting factor. Uh, I'm sorry. The aerobic fitness was my limiting factor. Now the muscular fatigue can kind of be the limiting factor. And I have to you know, uh, temper my workouts based on that. So, so your marathon PR is, is two fourteen, Um, and also, uh, you know, you, you were able to make the, the world championships team in 2011 in, in South Korea. Um, those are, those are some pretty awesome credentials. What would you consider to be your best marathon? Uh, no doubt. Um, my highlight was, 2010 Chicago Marathon where I placed 10th overall second American um, and, I, and I run a personal best um, just had a great experience running that race 
Um, it was great weather. It was a little hot, um, almost near 80 degrees at the end. Um, but I just felt great that day and was able to beat a lot of people that on paper I sh just shouldn't have been. And so that was definitely a career highlight. And that, that is what's, what qualified me to, to the 2011 World Championships team. Yeah, that's solid. I mean, 10th place among, I mean, there's got to be a lot of good Kenyans that show up to that race, a lot of good Americans, people from, you know, it's an international race, obviously, there's a, a huge, uh, it's very competitive, there's a huge prize purse, so coming away with 10th at that race, that's just, that's just massive. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, a couple of things. So you're working, uh, you know, you're working as a web developer now, you got your own uh, business called Sienko Design. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about a um, little bit about Sienko Design and kind of just give us kind of some of the vitals about that, how that came about, and where you're taking that right now? Yeah, I'd love to. So I started my business Sienko Design um, in 2009 um, with the goal of helping small businesses um, grow and reach their their potential through smart. Um, smart, innovative, and forward-thinking strategies, um, and really focus on online marketing. And so I build websites, I do graphic design, and also search engine optimization. Uh, and just really have loved the process. I love helping small businesses grow and get off their feet, whether it's a startup or a well-established small business. Um, and just worked with great companies, um, some of the bigger companies like Brooks Running, um, LinkedIn, University of Washington, Athletic Department. Um, so it's just been a lot of fun, and I couldn't have pursued my professional career in running without having uh, you know my own business. So it's really helped me you know, to continue running um, just because runners don't make a lot of money. I needed a segue, and it was also a great outlet where I didn't have to think about running the entire time. I can always, you know, pursue something else during the day and, and not think about running 24-7. So I, I love that aspect of it, too, and uh, it's just been great, and I look forward to continuing and growing my company. Yeah, good stuff. Well, you know, I have... Uh... The Trithios uh, website was uh, designed using Sienko Design, and it looks great. It looks awesome. It looks like, you know, I'm the best pro triathlete in the world because I have this awesome website, which is not true. But, you know, when I tell people about the work that you did, I'm like, well, you know, finally I have a tool that's better than I actually am. So it makes me look good. So, you know, I definitely recommend it. So um, if you're listening to this program, you're probably on the Trithios site, so you know you kind of know what it looks like. Um, but if you're interested in, in web development, uh, Mike is offering a discount. So if you've listened to this program um, and you're on uh, SiencoDesign.com, uh, you can get a discount. You can get a 10% discount uh, if you mention that you you heard about Sienko Design through this podcast. So that's something that uh, Mike wanted to extend to you guys that are listening and supporting the Tritheos podcast. Um, he is very busy and... You know, that's uh, that's as much as he could go, he said. <laughs> so 10% it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, Mike, let's get into the nuts and bolts of, of what we're talking about here. So uh, so we want to talk about kind of, 
your spiritual journey and then kind of how your spiritual journey fit into the larger um, transformation at University of Washington when you were kind of on the team there. And, uh, and so let's start out with you as an individual. So kind of what was your, what was your process, uh, spiritually kind of, uh, you know, you might want to say a little bit about like, where did you come from? And then like, uh, how did your thinking change and like, where are you at now? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for asking. Um, so, you know, I don't want to ramble on, but, um, basically I grew up in the faith, um, growing up in the motherland of Ukraine, um, Odessa, Ukraine, on the Black Sea, which uh, many of you have probably heard the the news recently. Uh, Not good things going on there, but um, definitely praying for them and hoping for the best. Uh, So I grew up there with a Pentecostal kind of a background and, um, you know, I guess Orthodox Christian. And really just had a borrowed faith for a long time where, you know, we'd go to church on Sundays and I'd kind of just not think of much of it and kind of just chuck that off the list. Did that for a long time and uh, get to my sophomore year in college and um, just being really pursued by um, a guy named uh, David Floyd who ran a campus ministry called Athletes in Action, um, and Gary Shavy as well. And uh, they kind of really took me under their wing and started discipling me and telling me more about what it means to be a Christian. Um, and really just motivated me to t- dig into the Bible and just learning more on my own of what it means to be a Christian and what, what it's all about. And uh, whether... It was something that I felt like was um, beyond a reasonable doubt true for me. Um, and so, you know, carried into how I viewed my athletic career. You know, before I was a Christian, uh, I believed in myself, my hard work, um, and what I had to do to become a great athlete or, uh, you know, I, I, I basically a works works-based, performance-based, I needed to do something to achieve something in life or to be good. And that kind of carried into anything that I believed in religion. I believed that, you know, if somebody was religious, it was them having to save themselves or having to do something to have salvation. Um, So I had a lot of questions uh, when I did meet with David Floyd and Gary Shavy um, about about Christianity. Um, really started digging in the Book of Romans, and that's where it all started. Um, the transformation happened, and I was really excited um, at the time. Um, I had a, I also had a girlfriend that had a lot of questions for me, and she helped me dig deep even further. Uh, she was a non-Christian, and you know I. I really didn't know how to answer those questions. And I said, hey, I'll get them figured out. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to figure them out. So I just started reading the Bible and uh, going to a pastor and asking him the questions. Uh, so it, it, it was great because I really learned that um, my borrowed faith that I've always grew up with wasn't wasn't enough. And that's not what's going to save me. And 
Um, that really isn't what uh, Christianity is about. Christianity is about a personal relationship with a loving God that really loves us and um, sacrifices life for us. Um, so it's a grace-based gospel. Um, nothing that we do can earn our salvation. And once I like really realized that, reading through Romans um, and Galatians, Colossians, um, really really changed my perspective about Christianity and just about Jesus. Um, and that's what the faith all comes down to is uh, are Jesus' claims true or not? You know, and his claims was that he was a God or that he is the only God and that um, he saved He saved us because we're all sinners and uh, we needed uh, God or Jesus to... Uh, redeem us. And so I, I really believe be, beyond a reasonable doubt that those claims were true, that he did die and, and raise from the dead three days later. And so that changed my whole perspective and my running, my running career at UW and just uh, everything else as well. I no longer believe that I needed to that I needed to uh, perform for my coach, that I needed to please people, especially my coach. And usually, you know, in athletic department, collegiately, or in high school, you're trying to please somebody. You're trying to earn your way up, whether it's to try to get a scholarship in college or you're already in college and you want to get attention from your coach. And that's what it was really centered around. And, you know, um, a lot of people on the team, they wanted to be liked. They wanted the coach to notice them. And I was certainly one of those guys. And um, that changed my whole perspective, you know, on on athletics and, um, you know, uh, my perspective changed to an audience of one. You know, it's all about Jesus um, after I became a Christian and really just, um, you know, having my faith take over my, my career and what defines me as a, as a person and uh, an athlete, not my coach, not my team, not the university, not my career, but really Jesus. Um, and so that was really cool, you know, uh, because before I was really all about me, uh, about my running, just kind of self-absorbed and just caring about my needs and and what I can achieve in life through my hard work. Uh, Mike, can I can I ask for elaboration on on one a couple points here? So you you threw out a couple terms. Uh, uh, one was workspace, and the other was performance based. And I'm just wondering. Um, so could you define what does it mean to be works based? And then is there a connection between being? Uh, you said you were pretty much works based religiously and you were performance-based athletically. So do you think there is a connection between um, your spiritual views and, and your athletic views there? Yeah, definitely. So uh, like a works-based religion is basically you have to do something, you earn your way up to salvation, meaning it's all on you to get yourself to the point of salvation versus Christianity, which is different than all other religions. And that you don't have to do a single thing um, 
you just have faith in Jesus Christ uh, for your salvation. And so it's a grace-based gospel. There's not a single thing that can earn your salvation. So that's what that means. And that carried over to my athletic career where um, any runner or athlete, endurance, sport, or you know any other sport, it's all about performance, right? So um, the, the better you do, the more you're going to get, uh, whether it's dollar amount or likability or popularity, um, it's all based on you. Um, and so my faith carried over into my athletic background. And um, after knowing more about, you know, what my faith is, is about, it was no longer, I'm trying to please people. It was more about pleasing God. And so I was no longer worried about being a, a man pleaser. Um, I was worried about giving glory to God. Um, so I changed my perspective to trying to perform, to trying to just do my best for God. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so before you were kind of like athletically, you were looking for maybe like the approval of your coach, you know, just to summarize this. And then afterwards, uh, you know, your running may have been a response to uh, God's love, which you had already known and experienced. Um, so that's cool. So, so works-based, uh, you know, it's the concept where you have to earn your way to God, earn your way to salvation, as Mike explained. Uh, grace-based, so grace is just the concept where um, you're standing with God and you're standing with others isn't based on uh, what you do for them or your performance or earning your way to doing something, but it's something that's, uh, that's freely given from that person, who it, whoever it is, um, you know, we're kind of talking about God in this case and God freely giving his love to us as, as, uh, his children. Um, so that's a concept in Christianity and one that, you know, Mike and I, uh, hold to be true. And so, uh, I just wanted to ask, ask you that, ask you kind of to elaborate on those, those key points right there. Cause I think that that was pretty important. That was, that was really cool to see how, you know, your faith, uh, impacted the way that you even viewed your athletic career and kind of how that, how there is a shift there. So, um, so your story kind of was kind of a bigger story, um, or, or I'm sorry, was part of a, of a bigger story as far as the, the entire distance team at UW. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And, you know, I was kind of at the ta tail end of that in a way. Um, there's kind of this wave of spiritual transformation. And then, you know, I was at University of Portland this whole time and, you know, we would kind of talk at track meets and cross country meets and stuff. And, um, but then I was on athletes in action staff at UW kind of after, uh, this first group of people had graduated. But so there was this spiritual transformation that I didn't necessarily witness, but I got to hear about. Um, so kind of like what transpired, uh, there on the UW team and kind of how did that how did how are people impacted spiritually and how are they impacted athletically? Yeah, that was a great question. So I got saved my sophomore year in college, and um, a lot of it had to do with, uh, like I said, the athletes in action and the people involved there, Gary Shavy and David Floyd. But it was also this camp that I went to with a bunch of our um, team members and friends um, called Altitude Project. Um, it was a Christian running camp in Mammoth Lakes, California. 
Um, that's run by Greg Jimerson and Avery Blackwell. Um, that really, that year, sophomore year, not only was I saved, but quite a few others on our team. And so it was a big transformation for a lot of guys on our team and gals. Um, we went to this camp 2004, and um, I was, you know, saved that year along with my roommate Matt Owen, Travis Boyd, my good friend Mark Mandy, um, you know, Allison, Tubbs, and uh, just a few, you know, a slew of other people. And um, that was a great camp because it really taught us what it means to be a Christian, but also how to intermingle our faith with with the running. Um, and how how do we run for the glory of God versus the glory of our ourselves. And um, there was great speakers and professional athletes like Ryan Hall and Sarah Hall there. Um, and just, just hearing them speak and Josh Cox um, about, about their faith and what it means to really run um, for the glory of God uh, was just really inspiring and just amazing and really uh, made me have a different perspective on my running and my motivations and um, my faith. And it was really cool because I, you know, didn't know that you can integrate those two, your faith and running. Uh, I always felt like they were kind of just these separate entities. And now I felt like, oh man, this is amazing. I can, I can glorify God through really anything. Um, you know, Colossians 3.17 um, whether works or deeds, wh- whether, wh- whatever you do, do in the name of um, Jesus Christ. And it really just speaks on behalf of anything you're doing, whether it's scrubbing a toilet, running, or reading your Bible. I mean, everything is to the glory of God. And, um, and just having that perspective just changed my running. Uh, you know, when I go running, I'm really glorifying God through the gifts that He's bestowed on me and given me and that's just cool because um i've really always took running as this thing that you know is my hard work that i put in and the results were directly related but you know i never took into account that it was god-given talent you know and that goes with a lot of things you know that we're good at it's um they're god-given you know and they're they're talents that were specifically given, and so I want to treasure that and use them to my best abilities. Um, so that camp was amazing for the whole team, um, and from there, like the the work ethic changed for the entire team. Um, coming on to UW, we didn't make nationals for about ten years prior. The very next year, we made it to nationals. My redshirt freshman year. A um, bunch of people saved on the team. Um, coach no longer had to call people up during the summer. Hey, are you training? You know, that was that used to be a regular thing. And uh, now people just would work hard and train. And um, I think that was a direct result of, of their faith and what they were trying to do and glor- glorify God through it. Um, and, you know, I think uh, transformed a lot of, the characteristics on the team. Um, so we made nationals three out of the four years that I was a part of the, the team and 
from there, we've built a tradition of going to nationals every year. Not just the guys, but the gals. And um, the girls won nationals in 2009 and I believe 2010, if my memory serves me right, um, or 2008 and 2009. And, uh, you know, we've had great success since then. And um, just the guys that we have on the team are are awesome and uh, just look forward to continuing that um, atmosphere on the team. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting how kind of the the spiritual transformation even had effect had an effect on the on the training and you know people even took greater responsibility um, over working hard and kind of getting their training done. Uh, kind of as a result of you know maybe they weren't directly part of the spiritual transformation, but you guys. It certainly seems like there's just a, a, an impact as far as the total environment on the UW team. And that's something I noticed, you know, when I came on staff um, with Athletes in Action, I was at UW, you know, I noticed that it was different from University of Portland and kind of wondered why, and maybe I was kind of seeing some of the fruits of that labor that had happened um, previously, you know, with you guys be, being, uh, being on the team there. So, um, so we kind of covered some of the, the transformation on the UW team, what happened there in, in your spiritual journey. Um, so kind of based on everything that we've talked about, um, what advice would you give to someone that's like an, an aspiring uh, distance runner? How could they kind of implement some of the same steps that you've seen um, that have helped with your success? Um, you know... How do they get fast, but uh, also how is their how is their spiritual uh, development during that? And also, you know, maybe you could touch on this a little bit, but um, you know, I'm, I'm a pro triathlete. You're a pro runner. Uh, we both found it very difficult to uh, to make uh, make any money at that, make a living at that. So maybe you could maybe uh, give some practical steps on uh, if that's a possibility and how how that could come to fruition for, uh, for, you know, someone that's a, that's a good distance runner as well. Yeah, definitely. So like an aspiring Christian athlete or, you know, somebody that's looking, um, uh, wanting to learn more about the faith. Um, if you're in college, I really think the altitude project was a great camp to open my eyes and learn more about the faith. And, um, again, like see if, uh, you know, for anybody that's searching and looking for, you know, uh, whether God exists and if Christ is the only way or if what he said was true, I, I just encourage them to dig deeper and really see if it's true for them and um, or if it is true, sorry. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're an aspiring, maybe new Christian, uh and you want to integrate your spirituality with your athletics, I think the Altitude Project is a, an amazing camp. Um, it's July and August, and it's usually two to three weeks. Um, I encourage you to check them out, altitudeproject.com. Um, you know, and, and really just get plugged in into a campus ministry. Um, we had a great one, Athletes in Action, up at University of Washington, um, and the N. There's, there's good ministries out there. And then just, you know, read the Bible and 
um, figure out whether whether what what it says is is true or not. And um, I, I think for you know for anybody, you you gotta you gotta uh, find some people that um, are there in the faith and 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 just dig deep and learn. And um, you know I think uh, that would be a great thing for for any inspiring athlete and. Um, you know, knowing that there might be something greater out there that exists greater than them, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, and I want to kind of share a little quote from Eric Lill, Chariots of Fire, that I really enjoy. And, uh, you know, I hope, hope this might inspire some people. Um, it's kind of along the lines of what I really feel when I go out running. He says in the movie Chariots of Fire, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And that's exactly how I feel when I run. I just feel the glory of God and just this amazing amazing gift that I've been given and just this amazing joy, um, which is not the case before I was a non-Christian. It was all about the training, how to get fast. I didn't really enjoy the run. I really enjoyed being fast and getting getting people like me and getting the eyeballs on me and being popular. That's what I wanted. Um, power, fame, glory. Um, so it's completely different now. I just love to run because I know it gives me pleasure because God made me fast and you know I want to glorify Him um, through that. Um, and so kind of to touch on Matt's secondary question about, um, some advice to, uh, to aspiring athletes that want to run professionally or, uh, I guess professional triathletes, um, that are newcomers that may have just graduated from college. I would say, you know, it is a tough sport, you know, um, you know, surviving in it isn't easy. But you really got to brand yourself and um, and get your get your name out there. Because at the end of the day, um, companies look at your marketability, um, building your brand. Are you you know are you getting your name out there? Um, and just so really really building on that, you know, having a presence online, website, social media, because um, they want to know. Okay, if I sponsor this athlete. How are they gonna attract, you know, a fan base for our product? So you want to be always thinking about building your brand, your 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 web presence, your online marketing, because um, you know, again, at the end of the day, companies want to know what you're doing for them, and um, the rules of the game have changed a lot. Where you know, before you would be sponsored, and the company would do the marketing for you. Well, now it's a lot different. Now the company sponsors an athlete and they expect you to do the marketing for their product. Um, so they want to know how many Facebook, you know, Twitter followers you, you have and kind of your your reach, your following. Um, so I really encourage you to get out there, get your name out there, establish a brand and an online presence through social media and your website and really get a blog going. 
Um, and so I think, I think that would go a long way in getting a sponsor deal and, um, you know, having a good company that, that might sponsor you down the road. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you know, we're speaking about this as, uh, as believers. And so, you know, we're kind of looking at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, first, our first priority, which is what you covered first, which was great is about, you know, what's spiritual and what's eternal. And, uh, if we're doing, uh, we're doing what God wants us to, then he's going to provide for us, but there's still kind of some of those practical steps that we have to take. So, um, so that's good. I appreciate you touching on that, especially as someone that's, you know, super plugged in, uh, with graphic design, website development, you know, your, your, uh, your thoughts mean a lot to us. <clears throat> so anyway, we covered a lot there. Um, you know, I think that's, that pretty much, uh, sums up the interview. So we got a couple, couple things, uh, that we might want to review. The first is, uh, you know, just uh, highlights about the gospel. Uh, you know, Mike touched on that. He talked about how the gospel is something that's uh, uh, it's something that's given from God to man. It's not something that man does for for God. It's actually quite the opposite. So religion talks about how you know man has to do something for God, earn their way to God. Um, Christianity is different, where Jesus Christ did something for man. You know, if we uh, trust in that. If we rely on what Jesus did for us, um, that gives us salvation. Mike threw out the term salvation a lot, but when he says I got saved or Mark Mandy got saved or Travis Boyd got saved, what he means is that, you know, an individual has to rely on, uh, has to find out about what Jesus did for them and then, uh, put their trust in that so that then they can know for sure that they have eternal life based on, uh, what he did for them on the cross. So that's the, the difference between a, a grace-based uh, relationship with God and a works-based religion. Obviously, we're, we here are against the works-based religion sort of idea. So um, if there are any arguments in favor of the works-based religion idea, you know, we'll leave that to them. <laughs> uh, or let you comment on uh, the blog post. <laughs> you can certainly comment on, on tritheos.com. Uh, so that was some of the... Some of, uh, Definitely the highlights. Um, you know, another one was just how Mike talked about how uh, uh, you can glorify God through your sport and how it's not all about you. It's not all about your performance, but um, you can uh, you can also find joy in what you're doing, I think, uh, when there's a greater purpose involved and uh, when it's kind of a response to uh, your relationship with God and just kind of uh, just thanking him for everything that he's given you. And, uh, and that's kind of something that you can do through, through running as Mike has done or through triathlon. Um, and so that's a great thing that kind of Mike and I have both learned through athletes in action. Um, you know, sometimes in churches you kind of get the flavor that, uh, you know, if you're a Christian athlete, that's wrong and you should be spending your time in church and athletes in action definitely had a different perspective than that their perspective was, was no, no, that's not true at all. You should probably stay involved in your sport. It kind of depends on a lot of personal aspects, but, uh, you can glorify God in, in whatever you do. And, uh, being an athlete is just one way, uh, that you can glorify God. And you can certainly, as Mike described it, uh, you can glorify God scrubbing toilets, but you know, maybe if you're a, if you're a Christian athlete, 
uh, God has placed you there for a reason, and there's there's people that you have relationships with that uh, no one else has a relationship with, and no one else can tell them about about Christ and what He's done. And so maybe maybe that's a situation that you're supposed to stay in. Um, so you know any any activity uh, you know barring uh, uh, prostitution or various other <laughs> activities, you know, they can be redeemed. You know, if it's a neutral activity like a sport, that can be redeemed and that can be something uh, where you can see that, um, where you can glorify God through that process, even if it's, you know, something something like sports or something mundane. Um, that's another point that, that Mike brought up. Um, and then, you know, he talked a lot about... Uh, uh, branding yourself as a as an athlete, um, you know, I think that I don't have a lot to elaborate there, but uh, you know, uh, we sure appreciate his uh, his perspective on that, uh, being very plugged in and being a web developer, and also having gone through this process of being a, a pro marathoner. So, Mike, uh, great to have you on the show today. Uh, again, if you want to get a discount on. Uh, your website, you're thinking about developing a website, uh, SiencoDesign.com. Mention this podcast, you'll get 10% off, and uh, you'll find us on www.tritheos.com, or you can just do tritheos.com. Either way, you'll get there. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.